You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode one. Where does toxic mold happen? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, All solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now let's get to the episode. We are back with another episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. So, Steve, I was thinking about this because we've had so many people living here in Wyoming. We've gone out, we've gone to places, doctor's appointments, and no matter where we go, as soon as you tell them what you do, one of the first questions that they ask us is, is mold really a problem in a place like Wyoming? What's your take on that? Uh, Yes, that's actually one of the most common questions I get is the fact that our relative humidity in Wyoming um, is it's probably around 30 to 40 percent and in order for mold to grow and reproduce and have infestations it has to be at 60 percent or higher so most people look at that and go well okay we're in Wyoming we're a dry state so we don't have mold issues right as we caught covered in the the last podcast that mold, we said mold's naturally present in the air, and that, that, that includes Wyoming, that includes everywhere. So mold is everywhere, and it might be more prevalent in humid areas. Uh, it's a, I'm sure it's a lot bigger problem. But on the other hand, we deal with tons of mold issues, even here in Wyoming. And so you bringing that up, one of the things I put in my book is I, I have a list of and it, it's the top 10 states, but it's from American Risk Management. And as I go through this list, it's kind of interesting to hear. Just think about this. Some of the states I name are going to be warm, humid climates. Some of them are going to be dry. And so the number one place that we deal with mold issues is in Texas. Um, Texas has humid areas when you're closer to the coast, um, but then it has drier areas once you obviously move further away from the coast. So it, it can happen, like I said, everywhere. So I'll go through the rest of the list. Uh, Florida is number two, Oklahoma, South Carolina, 
Nevada, Arizona, which is one thing that most people, they can't believe that Arizona is number six, but I'll explain a little bit why. Uh, number seven is California, eight, South Dakota, Tennessee, and then last is Kansas. So going back to what we were talking about earlier, when I say Arizona, most people know Arizona like Phoenix and it's really hot. It's not humid, but it's really hot all the time. And, and it's obviously desert. So they wonder how can we have a mold issue there? Think of mold this way. And when you think you can't have a mold issue and just think about how much your home is sealed up, how much fresh air you're getting in. And if you look at Arizona due to their temperatures, for the majority of the year, they're running their air conditioner. So you have a, a contained environment in your home on top of the fact that it's always warm. So when it gets cold and below freezing, um, mold typically goes dormant. So in Arizona, you don't have that luxury of the mold going dormant. It's pretty much going to be sustainable throughout the entire year. So just keep that in mind that mold can be anywhere or everywhere. And if you look at that list that I just went over, there's probably 60% of them are not even in, in a humid area. So always keep that in mind because that's the easiest way people can justify in their own minds. Yeah, these symptoms I'm experiencing from mold sickness, it's not mold because I live in Wyoming. So really, I mean, obviously mold does ha is naturally occurring in the environment no matter where you are, but just because you live in Alaska or Wyoming and it's cold, what you're saying is, is you still could have toxic mold problems. Correct. And, you know, like I, like I touched on earlier, when, when it's cold, obviously, depending on the property and every, everything's, there's so many variables when you talk about mold and mold infestations. It's, we could go on for hours talking about it. But yes, assuming that because we're in Wyoming or because we're in Alaska and I can't visibly see a mold issue doesn't mean it's not there. So you have to, like we covered in the, in the last episode is, is you have to be aware of the symptoms of mold sickness. You need to be able to find, you know, and when I say find, you're not really going to find the mold, but you need to dig down and investigate what's causing, you know, my sickness. Is it if I'm at home, if it's you're at work, that kind of stuff you have you really have to take into consideration is is just not don't just jump to the it's not mold because it's it's not humid here. So and I know we're gonna talk about this in, in upcoming episodes and really dive in deep on this idea, but I can definitely hear listeners saying, Okay, so I live in Florida, I live in Oklahoma, I live in Arizona. If I need to investigate because I, there may be toxic mold that I don't see. If I need to start the investigation process, what do I do? What's your response to that? Well, so like I was saying, the, the first thing, and this is the whole reason behind the books that I've written and this podcast is, is we want to teach you guys how to look at, say, whatever type of sickness you have. But I, I like to refer to like cold-like symptoms. So say you have a cough and runny nose and, and cold-like symptoms. If it's let's say if it lasts more than a week or two, let's dive in a little deeper and say, hey, is it is there something in my home that's making me sick? And you have to be able to recognize first and foremost that it could be mold sickness. Then on top of that, you can say, well, okay, I live in Florida and it's just humid all the time. Inside your home, for the most part, it shouldn't be humid. 
because you run in your air conditioner and for the most part of homes, it's a sealed unit unless you, you leave windows and doors open all the time. So, so the, the, the second thing that you really need to, to look into is, you know, have, there's, was there a recent hurricane? Did we have a recent flood? Uh, do I have missing shingles on my roof that I didn't think was a big deal? You need to correlate that with, and could be mold sickness. So if you're in Florida or Oklahoma where it is humid, don't just jump to the, well, it's humid here. It shouldn't, inside your home, you shouldn't have the humidity that high in order for mold growth to be sustainable. And so what, what are people looking for if they suspect that they've got, you know, some dizziness, fogginess, cold symptoms? Once they come to the place where they go, maybe mold is making me sick. What are they going to their doctor? What are they doing first, second, and third? Well, for the most part, obviously, uh, most people, the first thing they do is they go to their doctor, which obviously I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to give medical advice. Um, like I've covered before, your doctor, for the most part, probably isn't a mold specialist. I'm pretty sure they won't, wouldn't be. So my take on it, and it's, you know, people could argue this whichever way they want to, but in, in my opinion, and obviously it sounds a little biased, but the first thing I would do personally is if you have any suspicion that it could be a mold issue, you need to hire a mold consultant or mold inspector to have them come in and do an inspection, check, you know, what they check for. Um, every mold inspector is different, so I'm not going to go through, you know, what, what entails a mold inspection. But one of the key things that you can do is you can run air tests and that mold inspector's trained and knows which type of, of testing is the proper testing. But anyhow, the best thing, in my opinion, is to go into your doctor with the results from your mold test. Because I've, I've mentioned this before and I'll mention it a ton of times. Just because there's no toxic mold doesn't mean you're not being, you're, you're not getting sick from it. You could have common mold types like aspergillus or penicillium that you could be allergic to. And it, and if you've never been tested for those allergies, it would be very, very crucial information to give to your doctor and say, Hey, you know, this is what I've done. I've been sicker longer than normal. It indicates to me that it might be a mold issue. What's your take? And then he'll give you his advice from there. On the other side of that, your mold specialist or consultant or whoever you hire, he's going to, when when you find out what you find out from your doctor, the mold expert's going to come back and say, we need to do A, B, and C. So that's a really good tip because I don't think most people would, would think to hire a mold specialist to do testing and then to bring that report into their doctor when they're going to figure out, well, what is causing all of this sickness? Um, when you think about the fact that, that toxic mold can happen everywhere, do you have any tips for people who have just moved into a new place and maybe they're starting to have mold uh, sickness symptoms? I mean, or whether they're having it at a new place of work, what are your tips for, for just figuring out if you've moved somewhere, changed some physical location thing? What are you looking for? Well, so uh, I would assume most people probably do not hire a mold specialist when, when they're, and it could be, you could have moved because you're renting a new place. Um, but the majority of people, obviously it'd be, they bought a home. And so 
your your home inspector is not going to be testing for mold. So I I'm, I logically could assume that when you're moving in, you you don't you have no clue what the air quality is like. So if you have just recently moved in somewhere or started a new job, that's obviously an event that has changed in your normal day to day behavior or activities. So the first thing, obviously, in my opinion, would be to run some air tests. Prior to that, if, if, if the funds are low and you can't quite afford to hire a uh, specialist, you could go look for things that we have talked about and will talk about deeper in these podcasts. You can do your own little investigating and, and you can try to pin it down. Just ignoring it or just running to your doctor if you go to your doctor and he says, well, I need a detailed list and you walk in there and say, well, I just know I've been sick. I, I can't really tell you how long you're not giving him any information. And so the best thing to do is more or less have your like a checklist that you go make sure that you don't have missing shingles or improper grading and drainage or your tub's been leaking. Do your due diligence and obviously at some point you're going to have to hire a mold expert and go to your doctor. But the best thing you can do, have a timeline of everything you've done. When that mold specialist comes in, that's, those are things that we ask. We say, how long have you lived here? When did this start? Did it start over the winter? Did it start after we had a, a, a rainstorm or a hailstorm? Those kinds of things are very important. They're, they're very important, uh, signs that obviously you have issues so instead of just like i said earlier run into a mold inspector and expecting him to just figure everything out or your doctor you need to go through your own little checklist and figure out hey is this what changed and can this be causing the mold sickness so definitely the key from what you're saying is to be proactive the key is to make sure that you have your ducks in a row so no matter where you live, and we talked about the top 10 states for, for toxic mold issues, what's one tip that you can tell our listeners as we wrap up this episode? What's one thing that they can do to, you know, one of the quotes that I love says, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. What's one tip that you can give to our listeners that will help them stay ready when it comes to toxic mold exposure? Well, they'll, you know, know how to identify, obviously, the problematic areas say let's just let, let's just say for instance one of the most common areas we do mold mitigation is typically in a bathroom or a mechanical room and why is that well though you have water sources uh, right there so for the most part you could have a little bit of a leak let's say from your water heater and it's it's leaking behind the wall and you didn't really see it the best thing you can do is, is know how to identify where you have issues. So, you know, even discoloration in your flooring or in your, your sheetrock would tell us there was a moisture intrusion issue there. So my best advice that I could give you is, is monitor those areas. Don't just, you know, when you're cleaning around in the bathroom and you, you see water stains on the baseboard, don't just say, oh, well, it's always been there. So I'm just going to assume that's normal. So that's, that would be my tip is, is learn where and how to identify these mold concerns. And like I said, the most common areas are going to be anywhere, like a kitchen that you have a water source. So you have your kitchen, your bathroom, mechanical room, 
And then obviously your roof is, is something that's a, a major component to keep moisture out of the home, but you would view that up in the attic. So that would be my biggest advice is to, to know which rooms or areas of the home are the problematic areas. Perfect. And that is just a sneak peek because we will cover things like looking at your roof and looking at uh, grading and drainage in future episodes. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, leave us a review, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.